Welcome to On the Side with Jackie London, a BS-free podcast where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. Join me each week as I debunk diet myths, explore the latest wellness trends, and answer all of your pressing listener questions. Plus, we'll hear from a guest who will kick off each interview weekly with a soup-to-nuts rundown and, okay, sometimes analysis of what they're eating, cooking, ordering in, or where they're dining out with tons of delicious ideas, lots of laughs, and plenty of pro tips in between. The one thing I can actually guarantee, I'll serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to what works best for you. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of On The Side. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving and are at least feeling a little bit more like things are somewhat back to normal. And if not, then that's okay too. However you're feeling, feel your feelings because today we've got an amazing guest. Allison Morris is a journalist and on-air news anchor for NBC News. She started her career actually at CNBC Europe and the Wall Street Journal Europe as a reporter in Paris. And I met Allison when she was working for Fox 5 New York as the channel's business news anchor. But now, today, in present day, she's back at NBC News where she anchors her own show for the network streaming service NBC News Now. It's called Live with Allison Morris, and you can catch her on weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or you can stream the show anytime via Apple TV, Peacock, or YouTube. We got into a million different topics, and all of them were so interesting and fun and hilarious, but we talked about the behind-the-scenes prep for a live TV show from the snack hacks that we, as in you and me, don't see that are taking place during a live broadcast, Allison's pregame lunch meal, and what's on the menu at 30 Rock, which is NBC's headquarters here in New York. Allison's also an epic marathon runner. She talks all about her marathon training routine, how she prepares before a race, what she's using to fuel during the race, and what's on the menu for post-event. We also got into what it's like to train around the world and run marathons in different cities because she's that cool, you guys. I mean, honestly, there really are few people that are cooler than Allison Morris, I've got to say. If you've ever been curious about the day in the life of a broadcast star, and especially if you're already a dedicated endurance runner or if you're flirting with the idea of training for an event, or even if you just ran to the bathroom this morning, this episode is for you. You're going to love it. Allison, I wound up rushing her out to actually go make sure that she had enough time to eat her lunch. So I am just going to share here because we didn't get to hear her handles and where you can find her and all that good stuff. So I'm just going to give it another shout out. Allison is on Instagram. She's at Allison Morris now on Twitter at Allison Morris now. So both the same. Okay. Enjoy this episode. I think you're going to love it. And I can't wait to hear what you think. Allison Morris, you're here. We're here. We made it to the Zoom. We both signed on to our Zoom and now we're recording. We're ready. We're we're ready to this go. This is this is amazing considering I signed on to the Zoom 20 minutes ago. This is what happens when people <laughs> in their 40s Zoom. I'm like, I'm 42 and I can't Zoom. <laughs> I did. I checked for an update in the middle. I was like, let me just make sure I'm up to date on this Zoom. Oh, it's the I'm like sitting here with an Ethernet. You know, like like the <laughs> Trying to put sticks together. Let me just try and let me just try and connect this. Okay, Allison. Given that 
you're in an office and you just told me something revelatory and I feel like you need to share that. I feel like you need to share that with our listeners here. I mean, tell us about the new lunch situation at 30 Rock. What's it like? What's the elevator like? What's the process like? Tell so us. I have a, a few things to share since we are talking about food. Um, <laughs> so I come back into 30 Rock now. I work at NBC News now. We're all working from home over the pandemic. Uh, most of us are back on air. Going back and forth, you know, a lot of people are going to work from home over the holidays. Right. My staff is sort of summer here, summer not. But 30 Rock is this intricate literally three buildings connected. So like you can't get to every office. Sometimes you have to switch elevators to get to lunch. I have to take an elevator to the seventh floor. I have to cross over. And then I have to take another elevator to the ninth floor to get to the cafeteria. But this is much easier (laughs) to do now because the elevators are moving much more quickly since there aren't, we're not fully staffed here yet. The big return to work is scheduled for January. So our cafeteria is called nine C and the joy of my day is that I can get to nine C quickly get a delicious lunch and come back, which is exactly what I have scheduled for when I'm finished speaking with you. I've ordered a salad from 9C on the Thrive mobile app. I will get a $2 discount because I'm, you know, a big savvy saver. That is a savvy saving tip. I mean, you order on the app, you get $2 off a coupon. I love a coupon. I get a huge salad for nine bucks. And this is the heartbreaking thing though. When people were coming in to work over the pandemic, lunch was free if you ate in the cafeteria. You got this little bracelet that showed that you were, you passed your COVID test, you didn't have COVID, and then you could also put that code in and lunch was free. Up to like 15 bucks. So I would get a salad and like three sparkling waters and just stop them in my fridge so I was hydrated. That is a woman after my own heart. You know, I'm sitting here holding up my sparkling water to the camera. Well, the only reason I don't have to buy it anymore is also over the pandemic, NBC put in new water machines that offer sparkling. No. No, are you guys tired? I took my soda stream home. How sad is this? <laughs> I have my little soda stream filter here because I don't need it anymore because no. I brought my soda stream home. But we it, it's a fancy machine. It says hot, cold, ambient. Like ambient. what it can just What's say, ambient? Room temp. It's a big <laughs> word for room temp. And Whoa. then sparkling. And so I if I'm not at my desk working, I am at the sparkling water machine. That joy of my life. Is that a Steelers mug you're drinking from this morning? It is, and I shouldn't be. Really? Why? I mean, I don't, I know you had a rough night. (laughs) Yeah. I really don't know basically anything except for my husband's deep into his fantasy league. And he likes to sort of like update me with the, you know, like this is, this is how they're doing. They apparently they crushed it last night. So that's all I know, but that's not reality. And I have to continue to remind myself. Yeah. The the Steelers did not crush it last night. Also, my husband was very upset because on his fantasy team, he had a whole bunch of folks on the Cowboys and they had a really rough night too. So it was a losing night all around in our home. From fantasy to reality, everybody lost. Fantasy back to reality, everyone's losing, no one's winning. Except for you, because you're getting to lunch so quickly. Okay, tell us about the salad. First of all, let's talk about what goes in the salad. The epic 9C salad, as I'll be calling it moving forward. I'm such a creature of habit. I could run you through my salad so fast because I get the same salad every time. (laughs) I get a large salad, half arugula, half baby cow. It's great. You can mix your lettuce. It's delicious. It's got a little kick to it because it's baby arugula. and like Yeah. And it's that like delicate kale, you know, like the baby cow that's like soft. So it's like got a real peppery kick to it. Then I always do, they do like a little, they call them chicken fritters, but it's a little fried chickeny situation. Yeah. Uh, so I do like kind a of an crispy. unhealthy a crispy. cob. Yeah. I do a little crispy chicken, a little bacon, egg, cucumber, tomato, mm. black olive, zoodles. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. 
and uh, and uh, crumbled and blueberries. Call me. I, you guys it's a, it's a terrific salad. That's it is amazing. a wonderful salad. Wait, that's it's a, a great zoodles salad. is a surprise. But you know what I think really makes the salad? I, I'm, I'm biased on this, but I think what makes the salad is the olives. There's something about a little olive brine in a salad that just goes so far. When we are out of olives, I have like a near breakdown because the olive just gives that salt. I'm also funny about, I'm not a big dressing person. I don't, I started this a while ago. I love dressing, but I realized that salads are delicious when you don't drown them in dressing. Totally. And so I get a little Especially bit of dressing salad. on the side. Uh-huh. Yeah. I get a little dressing on the side, but I really don't use it because you put the blue cheese and the olives in and you don't need it. You've got oh, the cake yeah. you need and it's actually better dry. So when the olives are out, I'm, I'm in a rough place. Yeah, I know. That's a dark, <laughs> it's a dark, it's a dark day. It's a dark day. It's not a good day Wh- for me. What else are we, are we getting coffee with this? We're getting the sparkling waters. We have a bunch We're of We're sparkling water because okay. we start the we ambient start the water with a whole... I don't like the ambient water. I I would like to ask you about yes. this because I've heard so many things about room temperature water, easier for the body to handle, better to digest, but I, I like my water cold. I think I'm drinking the water as I talk to you. So, <laughs> so it stopped me. It stopped me from actually being able to respond to this. No, I think it's really all about what gets you to drink the water, period. And, okay. and how it feels. Like if, it, if me, you feel like it's like, you know, for you, it's a bubble. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because uh, as a as in a younger person, like I couldn't bubbly water to me was like gross. It was like something was wrong with the soda. No, yeah, me I too. I thought it. that too. And now I basically I don't know the last time I really chose to like have a, a flat water. Is that sad? Yeah, I always do sparkling water. I moved to France and that was it. When I lived in France, like that's what you you drink the bad was like the big brand there that everybody oh. drinks. And, they, you know what? The trick is, though, in France, they put salt in their water. So, so it's true. got a nice little... Yeah. It has a but minerally I, thing going on. But Badois, what I like about a Badois is that it has a very tight bubble. I like a tight bubble. <laughs> I do. And, you know, I got so excited. They do a new thing. So sparkling water in French is... They call it pétillon. Like, that means, like, it's got, like, the bubbles in it. Pétillon. So Badois comes in this green bottle. And now they have a Badois in a red bottle called... Diablement Petillant, which literally means devilishly sparkling. Oh. Like, <laughs> and it's red and it's got a little extra bubble. And I just, it gets me. It's like my happiest. Like if, if you walk in, if I walk into somewhere, like I get to the airport in France and I see that red plastic bottle at the s- airport and I'm like, good to go. Devilishly sparkling is, first of all, the right? title of my forthcoming memoir. <laughs> number one. <laughs> no, your next book. <laughs> my next book is going to be called Devilishly Sparkling. That's a, that's phenomenal. That and a, second of all, that definitely evokes the, the tight bubble situation. When did you live in France? I feel like I don't know that I knew that. Um, from 2001 to 2004, right after I graduated college, my mom's side of the family is French. I had never been. Um, and so instead of just like going to visit or go, I moved there. When I, I was like, hmm. <laughs> I, you know, a normal person would go visit France. And I was like, I'm going to go live there. And I was like, okay, we'll see you in a minute. And I stayed for three years. It was so much fun. Oh, my God. What part of France were you in? So I lived in Paris. Our family is from heaven. the south of France. So I, it was amazing. I have family from Corsica and Marseille. And so, like, I would go visit the family in Corsica for this in the summertime and then lived and worked in Paris for three years. And this was great. With my best friend, we all graduated college and decided like we were going to go to France. She did a an art history program there for a year. I worked. Yeah, it was my great. Dream. It was heaven on earth. What was the work? What were you working on? 
So this is what I think sent my parents through the roof. Like my parents took out a second mortgage on their home to send me to Yale because they promised me that whatever school I could get into, like the best school I could get into, I could go. They have one kid. I worked hard. That makes me want to cry a little. That's so sweet. So sweet. They took out a second mortgage on the home to send me to Yale. I got an offer, like a bunch of investment banking offers when I graduated and decided to go to Paris and be a babysitter. <laughs> a friend of mine from college had gone and au pair and he gave you a visa and it got me in and I was like, I need an adventure. And yes. they were like, patient as heck my parents were, but like, I'm sure ready to kill me, right? Because they're still like, you know, I've got student loan debt and I'm like, I'm going to help you guys pay this off and I'm going to go babysit. I'm like, okay, great. But someone was looking out for me. And by some force of magic, um, I babysat for like six to eight months. I got uh, a job at the wall street journal and I ended up getting my first on-air job at CNBC in Paris. So I came home with like a TV gig and like a bunch of newspaper clips and they're not mad about the babysitting anymore. And we paid off those loans. So it all worked out. That's so badass of you to just, you're like, I got this job at the wall street journal. Then I come home and now I have a full-time job. That's unbelievable. It worked out okay. And, but I, it's, it was all my parents though, right? Because if they had been like, uh-uh, no, that's crazy. You have to stay yeah. here. My other alternative, and we laugh about it now, but I got an offer from Lehman Brothers. And at the time, yeah. <laughs> that looked way more attractive. Oops, but right. up to seven, eight years later, I would have been walking out of Lehman Brothers with my office in boxes when they went under. 100%. So who would have predicted that? But my parents letting me go be crazy actually worked out okay. It's so wait. As a part of the babysitting, did you have to cook anything? No, no. I, but will. I will always remember this. They were. This was so funny. She's probably okay. This was twenty years ago. So the kid that I was babysitting for is like thirty now. But I babysat after this That's girl, uh, Juliet. She was like ten years old, super sassy, like mind of her own. And she used to sit at the dinner table. And you know, in France, there's really no drinking age. But like kids right. don't care about drinking the way that we do. <laughs> right. She collected tiny, tiny shot glasses as like a 10 year old. And she would sit and at dinner with her adult parents have a tiny shot glass of adult alcoholic cider, this nine and 10 year old. And like, she was so sophisticated. She would just sit and sip her little. And I was like, is this okay? Are we allowed to do this? Is everyone feeling okay? (laughs) Yeah. And she was just like, looked at me like stupid American. It's fine. Like, it's fine. Don't worry. I got this. I got you. I'm here to babysit you. That's yeah. so cute. But well, also we, we talk great. about that a lot. I feel like the French paradox. That's like a big, it's a, this is a big common topic of conversation among, um, like, I feel like it, it gets tossed around a lot. There's like a lot of research on the French paradox of like having yeah. a better relationship with food because of ju- general French culture, all of that good stuff. But anyway, it's, carry on. It's so incredible because I think about it, like, my grandfather was like the most amazing French cook I've ever met in my life, worked in restaurants his entire life and didn't really drink very much. Like that wasn't, he would have like maybe a glass of red wine with a meal, but like drinking wasn't a huge, like he yeah. would always have the appropriate thing. Like right. you'd have Beaujolais and you'd have champagne at New Year's and all those kinds of things, but wasn't a big drinking culture. And our family, his whole life revolved around food yet he wasn't an overeater. He was fit his whole life. Like it's such yeah. a, it's so incredible to me because so much of French culture is right. 
food and pastries. I'm like, oh my God, everything is cooked with butter. I mean, like, it's all about the, the French butter. aren't cutting calories, <laughs> but they just have a, a much healthier relationship with it than we do. It's so true. It's so true. It's yeah, also but- like the high quality, smaller amount is like, but smaller yeah. amount comparatively. I mean, I don't even know that any of us would necessarily consider it to be um, so, dr- like feel so dramatically small, but it's like conscious choices at every eating occasion. I remember when I moved back from France, two things. One, I just remember being somewhere and getting a soda in America again and being like, I could swim in that. Like the (laughs) portion sizes were so out of control. I also remember I had a lot of, like my body had a hard time when I came back of digestion because you get, you know, chicken cutlets or chicken at the supermarket in France and there are not hormones and chemicals and things in it. Like uh, American food, salad dressings, right, all of those creamy things, things yeah. you put in all of it, like anything processed, my, I couldn't handle it for a couple of weeks because my body wow. hadn't had it in so long. It's yeah. so interesting and so crazy. Did you have like a go-to pastry or a go-to, like this is my time in France and I remember it by this one croissant on this one beautiful uh, boulevard? So, oh God, I mean the food, I, uh, I, so this is funny. I am more of a salty than a sweet lady. Yeah. So I think for me, it's really like the baguette sandwiches, like just even yeah. just simple, like saucy son, they call it like a yeah. salami on a baguette or ham and cheese on a baguette in France. And they use butter instead of oh, mayo. like, that is the thing I think. Yeah. Instead of mayo, that's the thing I think about. But it's funny now that I go back with my husband, he's a sweets guy. And it's so fun. Every morning he wants a chocolate right. croissant and we go to all the different bakeries and there are some really good ones, you know, by where we stay. And so it's, it's actually fun going back with him now because now it's like, well, when we go to France, we have to have a croissant every single day because he just, it brings him such joy. What about the crepes? That, that just like that idea oh. of like, instead of this, like I'm thinking about like a hot July shawarma in New York versus like a beautiful... <laughs> I mean, it's like not even a fair comparison. It's just the two like images an, in my mind. <laughs> like a jambon fromage crepe on a cool <laughs> September day in Paris. Right, yeah, I, right. We laugh about this to this day. We were big crepe people and a lot of the crepe places stay open late at night. You know, you stumble yes. out of the bar after an evening and get a 2 a.m. crepe. And my my dearest guy friend was visiting me. We've been, uh, he's, we're both only children. So he's really like my brother. Yeah. We've been closest to friends since we were like three. And we went to the crepe stand and he asked, <laughs> The, the very French crepe maker, if he would cut the crepe in half. I can't remember why. Wait, because I we definitely, were... you just brought back a full memory of, of me asking for the exact same thing. And I don't, I don't know. Is that... Like why? You're not going to share right. your crepe, are you? I wouldn't let somebody in half of my crepe. And the guy went ape on him. Like there was no <laughs> way that you were going, how, what? Stupid American cut it. And to this day, we still, anytime anyone says cut anything in half, the two of us double over in laughter because we think about that night where the guy would not cut the crepe in half. (laughs) And I still don't remember why he wanted the crepe cut in half. But also (laughs) the idea that it's like, this is insulting. How dare you? (laughs) Oh, yes. It's like when when you go to a restaurant in France and like most American people are waiting for them to ask how you want your meat cooked. They don't care. Right. The the, the meat should be cooked a certain way. And if you don't like it that way, he's not not making it for you. He's definitely not doing it. (laughs) No. Like, try asking 
asking a chef to make a steak medium there. They'll no. ask you to leave. Right. You know, my family's half French. We eat interesting things. I just can be a weenie about some of that stuff. Yes. Like, I'm the only French person who really just doesn't like foie gras. Like, mm. I know what it is. I know how bad it is for me. And it just kind of is fancy spam. It's and funny I'm just, you like, say that. You know, I don't like it either. I've never really taken to it. I just feel like it's the kind of thing that you're supposed to like because it's so expensive and fancy. And then and then you're like, it is expensive spam. I agree. I hate to say I, that, but I totally like, agree. Caviar, expensive yeah. and fancy. I happen to think it's delicious. Love it. it it's <laughs> yeah, it's salty. It's got that olive yes. feel to it. But like, I do not need that goose to give me his liver. Like, I right. just don't I don't need, need that. <laughs> Listen, I also feel like I'm in a strange position of knowing too much. Like, your liver does a lot. It does a lot. <laughs> I mean, it does everything. It, it like it's your metabolic desanitizer. It, it like is the the home of all of the crap that should come into your life, and it repackages it and then sends it out into the rest of your body to do other things. I feel like I don't need to eat somebody else's metabolic Buddha. No, that has to be so challenging for you because you literally know what every oh. body part does. Like there have have to be things that you're like, oh no, like. I know what passes through there. I'm not eating that. Right. Like I, I'm not here for like a kidney or a liver. That that's just more of like a I I don't need to know that. Like the I'm brain is a little more that, clean. Right. That's a little clean. Seemingly at least. I mean, I'm also not really here for a tongue. That would be like like I have memories of my grandmother being like, We're gonna have tongue we're having tongue for for lunch. And I, or like thinking that it was like this very amazing delicacy. And I just think, first of all, it's very muscular. Isn't it? It's you know? I'm not into the consistency. Also, like you can see the taste buds on it. It's I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't want to know no. about that. Let's get to a quick listener question. Okay, so today's question came to me via Instagram DM, and it is: What is the best plant protein powder? Ooh, such a good question. Okay, here's the deal. I am. <laughs> For the for the purpose of getting more protein, I'm not the biggest fan of protein powders, and that's because there's just so many good options when it comes to actual food choices, right? Like you've got nuts and seeds, you've got legumes. Uh, if you are willing to go vegetarian but not vegan, you've also got things like um, Greek yogurt, which is always kind of like a mainstay in smoothies. If you're using your protein powder in smoothies, I often suggest Greek yogurt instead if you actually can tolerate some dairy just because Greek yogurt is lower in lactose. So if lactose is the thing that you're trying to avoid, then Greek yogurt would be a great choice. However, when it comes to looking at the powders themselves, I would give the advice to to just start with ones that are as simple ingredients as possible and ones that are unflavored or just have simple flavors added to them. So my top picks would be ones like Garden of Life Organic Plant-Based Performance Protein. I like Vega Sport Premium Protein, uh, BioSteel Plant Protein in the natural flavor. Those are all three solid options. Another reason why I give those recommendations is because what I'm often looking for when it comes to protein powder is a third-party verification seal. So what is what does that even mean? Basically, plant proteins, protein powder in general is considered a dietary supplement, which means that it's not fully overseen by the Food and Drug Administration. So it doesn't go through the same safety and efficacy evaluation and testing that you would get from an actual food product itself. That's important because it means that no two bottles necessarily have to be guaranteed to be made the same way. 
that's true of both protein powder, but it's also true of dietary supplements in general. So I think that's really key. We'll get into that in another episode at a, at a later date, but I want to give you some, some recommendations of what to look for. So NSF for sport certified is sort of a gold standard when it comes to looking for third-party verification on protein powder. That way you just know that everything on the label that they're saying is in there is actually in there. Another great standby that you can get on Amazon is now P protein isolate. I like that one because a pea protein, just super simple and just really just that one ingredient. Um, and it's also, it mixes really nicely into other things. So depending on what you're using it for, uh, this could be a great option for you. The thing that I like about anything that's pea protein, chickpea protein, or soybean-based protein, so any really goal, I think probably my, if I had to pick a favorite, which you know I don't really like to do, but if I had to pick a favorite, I'd probably pick soy, just because the nutritional benefits that come from the soybean really are somewhat unmatched. I've got to say, it really is kind of an amazing little legume right there. So now protein, now pea protein would be a great option that I know you can get on Amazon. Anything that is just soy protein isolate or soy protein based and very few or simple ingredients um, and has that third-party verification seal would be my go-to options. Another way that you can approach this is looking for multiple different plant sources. So I believe it's that uh, Garden of Life or maybe it's Amazing Grass is another company that I know makes some, some pretty solid choices and has multiple sources of plant protein. So it might be chickpea. You're getting a little bit of chickpea. You're getting a little bit of pea. You're getting a little soy. You've got some, maybe you've got some hemp seed in there. You're getting wild now. Now you're just going crazy, just wild. But the bottom line is you're, it's fine to look for multiple sources of protein in food form when you're choosing a plant-based protein. Let me say that again. If you're choosing a plant-based protein powder, look for multiple sources of real foods in the ingredients list, plus that third-party verification seal, plus very few added flavors and added sugars, anything like that. You just want to double check the label. And you also want to look at serving size no matter what you are selecting. So serving sizes, again, because it's not FDA regulated, there's no standardized serving. So it could be different based on the type of protein that you're choosing. Okay, so one option, multiple sources of real plant foods that come together in a protein powder form. Other option, and probably my go-to choice of an option, would be to look for a protein isolate from a real food ingredient like chickpea, soybean, even hemp seed would be another great option. Or you can always go with something like a defatted peanut butter powder. I like those because I think nothing beats the satisfaction that you get from eating real peanut butter or real almond butter. But when it's defatted, it can go into a shake or a smoothie and just act as your protein powder. So that's another great option. Always look for that third-party verification and make sure you're choosing as simple ingredients as possible with very few added flavors, minimal added sugars, and check that the serving size is consistent if you're using multiple different protein powders. Okay. That's going to do it for today. Please be sure to send me your questions at RD, and I can't wait to hear from you. So now, can we go back to this? What if you were to ask for, for caviar in your salad today at 9 see what would happen? <laughs> can we, hey, yeah, listen, we're can not- we just switch out the olives for just some, some just caviar? Some caviar. Have- yeah, we're not that kind of jam. We're a little more casual <laughs> here. <laughs> But um, the, I'm telling you, these guys make now, uh, with all the love in the world for all the other establishments we have, we have a terrific sweet green at 30 okay. Rock, and I, I spend some time in there. But this 9C, those guys make a terrific salad. Like, I am so pro our cafeteria. It's they amazing. Make, like, 
the food is good. The food That's is really amazing. good. The salads are fresh. And I, my only complaint is ever, if there are no olives, I can't go down. I our, understand. Our, our senior planning producer feels that way about Hearts of Palm. Oh, oh she, I also agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When she comes into work, if Hearts of Palm are on the menu, she is happy. If we don't have them, there's a problem. We need to go somewhere else for lunch. She I cannot have a 9 C salad without the Hearts of Palm. I get it. We have a great cafeteria. It's like, I, I'm not trying to be an ad, but I love it. Like, I would eat somewhere <laughs> else if I didn't. The food is good. It's really reasonable. It's like the one thing I tell all of our new hires. I'm like, he is a cafeteria. Like, go to, yeah. <laughs> but I also have strong policies. That I also tell them, like, go to the cafeteria, but make smart decisions, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's the work cafeteria and there are things that you should get at the work cafeteria and there are things that you should maybe don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like when was the last time that someone was like, I had the best steak of my life at the work cafeteria. Like, they're maybe, not getting that steak au poivre at the work cafeteria. Maybe, yeah, maybe I just feel like that. that's not the place. Yeah. It's really about the location. Yeah. Maybe don't do the fish. Maybe save that for when you're at the seafood <laughs> restaurant. But like, you know, if you're making smart choices in the cafeteria, you're winning. Soup, salads, sandwiches. Like, you know what's going on? So they may, oh, this is my last plug for the NBC okay. cafeteria because this is this is we all go nuts about this. They make homemade potato chips. No, House they chips, don't. I'm coming. World. I'm coming. <laughs> well, you have to come I visit love us. A potato chip. A homemade potato chip is a next level thing. I've never even. I can't even wrap my head around it. What's no, it like? Let me tell you too. If I understand you might be uh, residing in the vicinity at some point, yeah. I'll just run you out lunch. I, like you just let me know what you need. I'm, I'm coming over. Allison, it's me. I'm coming over. I just wanted a homemade just potato chip. So this is, this is the thing. I, I'm in this pattern now where I either get this like kind of cobby sort of salad that I make or like a turkey wrap with house chips because they just, they're That's perfect every beautiful. time. I've never- Never had a bad experience. Wow. That is really something. What time do you start getting ready to go? And what time? Tell us about this, the whole process, because I want to understand then when lunch comes in before we get started with everything else. Okay. So, oh, oh, and as we're speaking, oh, they're advanced. I'm just getting a notice from my Thrive app telling me they're making my salad. Wait, the fact that there's like a very, there's high transparency level here also gives them another plus. Another plus. And the food is always ready early. For a salad, that's a huge win. You don't want to wait for a salad. You don't want to wait. I mean, there's some things that you'd like to, a soup is a different thing. I need you to be serving that as I'm rolling up. That thing's got to be on fire. But the salad, it's like ready. There are so many things. Listen, I know that this has been a rough year and a half for so many of us and and people are worn out and and people have lost loved ones. It's been a horrible time. But there are a couple of tiny silver linings. Like you can now mobile. We we never used to mobile order in the cafeteria. Maybe they didn't. I didn't know about it. But you mobile order. Your name's on a bag. They usually put a smiley face on it. You walk in, you grab your bag. You got your salad. Life is good. Just also, hearing lunch. this third, like as a third party hearing this, that already makes my day better. And I'm not even the recipient of this salad. Those small things really go so far. And they do. And I'm, I, one, I'm a food person, if you can't tell. Everyone knows here, I love to eat. But also, so I'm, I think you know this. We've talked about this before. Yeah. I'm an intermittent faster. Okay. So lunch is my first meal of the day. Okay. So like, I come in hot at like noon. <laughs> Ready for something. My morning is I'm a espresso and espresso gal. So okay. I'm like a you know black coffee in the morning kind of lady yeah. and water. And then lunch is my it's I, go time. Inter- 
Yeah, like I, I don't wake up naturally excited. Like on the weekends, I love a nice breakfast, but like I don't wake up in the morning looking for, I'm just like a slow mover in the morning. You yeah. Know? I want to ease into in. my coffee. My I don't want a lot of food. Even if I'm hungry, I just like want to chill. So intermittent fasting works nicely for me because I enjoy lunch and dinner and I'd rather just do that yeah. from kind of like at 12 p.m. to 8 intermittent faster. Got it. You know, I support whatever's working for you. That's what, that's really the only thing that matters. And for me, the biggest thing is just having a set time. Like if it's it's eight o'clock and we're done for the night, then I'm not snacking or eating anything in the evening and it helps me sleep better. And that works. I I have to be totally honest. I have to, I'm getting back on track because I just ran the marathon and like, I intermittent fast as long as I can, but like you get into that last month of marathon training, you're just hungry all the time. So like, I've never been hungry. I literally was like, when I was training for, I mean, this was so long ago now, but like while it was happening, I felt like that last month you consider like the full box of something is one serving. Oh, <laughs> you're yes. Like, like, you're having you're lunch so and, hungry. You're like, I can't wait. Having lunch and thinking about second lunch. Like, right. So I, I kind of casually trained for the marathon this year. Um, like it wasn't a time goal. I just, I wasn't planning on running yeah. it. I kind of stopped running over the pandemic. I'm yeah. a big runner. My body was just tired. Yeah. And so a few friends of mine were like, you're not, it was the 50th New York. They're like, you're not going to run the 50th anniversary. You're going to be really upset Shamed that everyone's doing it. Marathon. You. So, yep, so I'm like, <laughs> Sign me up on it. So I kind of just like the whole goal was to have fun. I raised money for charity. It was all about like just enjoying the yeah. experience. And it was funny because I was hungry, but like when you're training really hard, yeah. you're like a crazy person. And I wasn't training that hard. So I was a little bit disappointed right. in that like I had a little bit of control over my appetite, which anyone who's worked with me here when I'm training for a marathon knows yeah. that like if we're ordering in food, like I'm going in for my third plate while everyone else is still thinking about what they're going to try. And so I wasn't that ravenous, but like definitely not trying to skimp on calories or like no. not have that Right, right. No, but I know we like it's like is anything happening when I eat these crackers? Is do I have a wooden leg? Like are they falling out? Like why don't I feel anything? <laughs> like, why is this feeling Boston so not filling me? Well, right. And I'm still hungry. Right. Like I just I just had a full pizza and yet I'd like another pizza. And do we have anything else coming? No, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. My favorite thing though about the running experience, first of all, and I did not run in New York. I ran in DC, but it was, I've heard that that's like also a really friendly one. Didn't you also do that one? Did you do that one? Marine Corps? Yeah. I did. I did. I, I That marathon roughed me up. That was a tough one. It did? One. It was hot really? when I ran it. It was a tough marathon. It was pretty hot. Wait, really? Because I specifically remember choosing it because I, I thought it was supposed to be one of like the lighter course. I mean, there's no such thing oh, as no. an easy marathon. Let's be honest. Let's just be honest. I mean, like, I, I feel like I, I'm speaking in a different language when I say that, but I'm in good company with that. Like, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? That it's like supposed to be like, there's a thing like easy courses and not easy yeah, courses. Yeah, summer, like Chicago. Flat Easy. and fast. Really? People like that one. Berlin, flat and fast. People like that one. Yeah. Chicago, there's supposedly a hill towards the end. They told me about it. They're like, didn't you see it? I was like, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> there was a speed bump. Chicago's flat. Uh, but, you know, and then like New York, you literally know that like anytime you run New York, you're probably going to die. So like that you take that chance. I feel it's like hard. I'm going to die just going on a nice walk, like a casual walk on that one hill, that hill in Central Park. You don't know what's it called? Like it's like Death Hill or something. There's like this sneaky, like you come in on Fifth Avenue and you realize that Fifth Avenue from uptown to downtown is one giant uphill and you hate <laughs> everything about life. And you also just came off the 59th Street bridge which guess oh my what god is a hill. soul crushing oh the Verrazano yeah. was a hill and you're like whose idea was this right like why are there so and many we all hills just keep doing it because 
It's so much fun. And because you can eat an entire pizza while you're training, which is great. But well, so what I was going to say is like the number of snacks that come out at you during a marathon. I mean, you got it like you, I I would, I would say my experience was my GI tract can only handle certain types of snacks (laughs) during these events, but the jelly beans, they go down nicely and they work wonders. And I feel like anytime I would see someone giving, like handing out the jelly beans, I'd be like, yes, I will take a fistful of this. I like, and the sport beans they make now yes. are good. It's funny because any friends who are like, hey, I'm going to be on the course. What do you need? A banana? A this? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, Don't know. This body Candy. cannot yeah. digest while running. I can't oh. appropriately chew. Like I can't, I don't have, I can do a small bean. It's a small bean. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm like all Gatorade and like those little goo packs. That's right. all I can handle. And this year, sorry to, for your listeners, but this year we had a, I had a crisis decision to make. This was my 19th marathon. So I'm pretty like, I'm down with the drill. I know that eating, I eat the same thing. I know what I'm doing. Like I know what works for me and woke up marathon morning. And like, you know, the biggest thing for a runner is like, you would like to go to the bathroom, but I I had the opposite problem this year. I had to take an Imodium and I've never had to do that before. And so we have this, like, everyone was trying to figure out what was the thing that bothered me. And I think it was just like, I think it might've just been pre-race nerves, like some, whatever it was, Yeah. because like we eat the same meal from the same restaurant. Every time I get the same thing, like there, what is it? I, what is it? Tell, oh my God, we have to know. What is it? What's I the do, meal? I do spaghetti and meatballs, uh, chicken parm and a Caesar salad. We order Delish. enough for 400 people, but like, you know. <laughs> That whole drill, we get it from Carmine's. They never disappoint. It's, it's like, oh, you know, New Carmine's. York institutions. So it, it's, it, that's my lucky spot. We have lunch at Capizzi's. We get a pizza at Capizzi's in the afternoon, oh. uh, which is like such a New York hidden gem over by the Port Authority. Great pizza spot. But my friend from high school brought over a cookie and she's like, well, it must have been my cookie. It and I'm must like, have been the cookie. Right. I'm like, I don't think a cookie did anything. I think I just had jitters, but I had to make a choice because I knew the emodium was probably going to affect my muscles. And like, yeah. I was going to have an issue with like salt water, that kind of thing. But it was that or like, am I going to be in a Porter John? Right. No. And no. And yeah. so we, we pop that. We I pop was the that right emodium. decision. I feel like I'm here to say that was, was a thousand so percent funny. the right decision. Yeah. Thank you for supporting that. I got to like mile 21 and my quads were really tight and I was sweating a lot of salt. And I knew it was, I think I knew it was from the emotion because I just kept taking Gatorade and Gatorade. And I was like, I don't care. This is still better than needing a toilet. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're just like looking because there is this like visual of, and it's, it's like in any marathon, but it's also in any training race where you see that line outside of the porta potty on whatever in whatever station you're at or you're like watching these porta potty lines and it and you're just like I'm so glad that's not me like there's that moment that you're just like I'm so glad that I just don't need to do this so bad that I got to stop and get in a line and got I mean and I just don't like no one needs that kind of pressure in their lives like we've had a hard enough year I'm so glad you took that emodium Thank you. I am too. Even though, like, honestly, my it's two weeks out and my quads are still recovering. I did my first hit workout today. I was like, "Ooh, this is humbling." Ooh. But, um, but I still, I still don't regret the fact that I was not in the bathroom during that race. So oh, there we go. Oh my god! Wow. 
Hey everyone, I'm Jackie London, host of the On the Side with Jackie London podcast, a BS-free safe space where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. On the Side with Jackie London is designed to deliver science-based information that's actually useful, relatable, and entertaining. Think of it as a hybrid of an interview podcast and a free nutrition counseling session delivered straight to your ears. I interview leaders in the food and beverage industry, health and wellness practitioners, business execs, and more to learn about what they're eating and how they're staying well. And I also answer listener questions like, should I try a juice cleanse? Or how do I start eating healthier when I'm always traveling for work? I serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to find what works best for you. Subscribe to the On the Side with Jackie Lennon podcast wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every Thursday. Wait, what a special thing though that you have your go-to meal before, that's the Carmine's meal, and then you have your special lunch at Capizzi's, which I haven't thought about in a while. Capizzi's by the Port Authority, so interesting. And have we ever switched it up? Historically? Not in, not in New York. No, okay. never, never. And I've run New York now six or seven times. Always, always in New York. And and I have some out-of-town spots. I've run the Philly Marathon a bunch of times. They have, there's a great Italian restaurant there. Uh, little known as I think they're called. They make yeah. amazing spaghetti and meatballs. But, like, it's got to be spaghetti and meatballs, and there has to be some pizza involved, is, is my, wow. like, thing. It it's the go-to like the right thing. thing to do. Yeah. Because yes. then, then you get, like, the, the reason it's Carmine's, too, is because, you know, Carmine's is family style. So yes. you get, like, a party spaghetti and I go to town and the meatball (laughs) is the important part because the meatball helps with you know the digestion and the getting things out of your system the next day because you know all all that spaghetti with no meat can kind of that can stuff you right up yeah like yeah (laughs) the Caesar salad with the anchovy just it all just helps keep the things going I like that you got a Caesar salad in there I feel like that's a different that's a nice take a marathon running novice might go without a vegetable and like that's a mistake because you want to get some kind of vegetable into the mix Everybody has their thing. I have a friend who she gets to, it has to be Chipotle. I don't even know what her order is, but my friend Rosanna, some sort of a burrito, but Uh like that's what it has to be. And no matter where we travel for a marathon, like she's got to have Chipotle the night before. It's her lucky thing. I love that so Uh, much. You know, runners are so superstitious. My friend Maddie, we have a running joke that one night, it was the night before New York. We were both running that year. Of course, we went to Carmine's with some friends. Had to. Uh, and he got the Pomodoro and we're like, Ooh, oh. no, no, no. Like there are tomato chunks in there. That's too much. And he regretted the decision. So like, I don't think the guys had Pomodoro sauce in five, six years because he was like, why did I do that? I'm like, we couldn't stop you. We, we couldn't, we tried to stop you. You're like, let it be known. <laughs> it's so but funny then, because athletes are always like, like any athlete is like this, like, and it's not just about running, but like, it really is about when you're in it, like, it's really about that. Like, you're literally thinking it out. You're like, do I want to be tasting those tomatoes at mile seven? No, I don't. No, are those going to digest well? Right. Uh, and, and it's even, even the support crew. Like yeah. if I'm running New York, my husband and my friend, Matt, if they're not running, they will go to two spots. They usually go yeah. to Brooklyn and, yeah. and by the Willis Avenue bridges, you're leaving Manhattan to head into the Bronx. And they have a very specific, McDonald's that they stop for breakfast in between running to the two spots. Right, then you've they've got to have fuel. Right, they've got to have fuel and they've got to have their specific fuel. <laughs> Wait, what was? <laughs> what are some of the others from any other cities? Like, what are some of the other cities where you have a memorable meal experience from running? Like, whether it's running or just life eating. Right, well, I was thinking running, but I mean, we can we can so, take this in any direction, really. 
so it, uh, Chicago, we did a good, Chicago's great. Because, you know, you do the whole, we had lose for lunch. Okay, yes. My sister-in-law is from Chicago and was like, none of these other go, you got to go do the pizza at loose. So we did lose for lunch and I cannot remember the name of the restaurant, but you know what I love about Chicago? That city comes out so, so incredibly hard for yes. all the runners. It's so wonderful. Every restaurant has a marathon special. The hotel we were at put out Rice Krispie treats the night before for the runners for a late night. There was so That's sweet. So, nice. so we just went to one of the like fabulous Italian restaurants that was doing a spaghetti and meatball special. And it was oh great. And we did lose for lunch. It was fantastic. And I will always remember this is actually a favorite food memory. I have learned, I always like a steak dinner after a marathon, yeah. but like the week after, because it, yeah. I don't know how other runners feel, but like <laughs> the night after a marathon, you're so hungry, you sit down, you start to eat. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, my body can't handle this. And you're done. Right. And so that night we went, my husband and I went to Smith and Walensky's and we ordered a cowboy ribeye the size of my head and oh. all these vegetables and all this food. I ate like three bites we, we barely got yeah we barely got through it and i was so tired and we went home and they were so nice they packed up i couldn't even finish the wine they packed up everything and the next morning we have i have to send you a photo of this you'll die laughing the next morning we wake up my i don't know if my husband's in the shower he had run out but he walks into the hotel room and i'm standing there in a towel with a piece of steak in my mouth and a glass of red wine from Smith and Walensky's the night before. And I was like, I'm hungry and I'm ready to eat this. And he was like, okay, go I'm for ready. it. <laughs> ready. It's ready 9 a.m. Hello. I've just got my Cabernet. Yeah, we have the steak meal a week after because I'm better prepared to handle it. I mean, I love everything about that. Most marathoners are meant to be everyday humans. Like we're all just doing this to sort of test ourselves. Like we're all just like that kind of like just mildly insane enough to try doing this and then actually do it <laughs> when you get to the end. Like, I just remember being like, like, first of all, that last mile, you're just like, you're only just thinking about like what's happening at the end, or you're just like repeating some nonsense to yourself in your head. Not, I don't even mean like yep. a mantra. Like I just mean like song lyrics. Or like, like, car, car. Just keep going. Just go. go. Just like, keep going. Please don't stop. Right. It won't be over until you stop. It's not right? over. If you stop. Right. Just don't yes. even think about not moving your legs. Just one leg and then the other leg. But after the fact, I just remember mate, like being like really aware of like, okay, I'm going to have this bar. I'm going to have this banana. And then I would just made the this unbelievably dumb decision to get back in the car from D.C. to New York. But like it was Sunday traffic at, on a marathon weekend. so like i was like a <laughs> and you're dying i've done it so many times and you're in the it car and everything ball. hurts right and you have no like there's no regulation of anything so like i in the moment i thought that was a fine idea by like hour two i was like i'm i'm dying this is the end of me <laughs> my body everything is, decomposing. is stuck in this position right. you're like afraid you're gonna get out of the car and still be shaped like the seat of the car right. because like nothing will move right it's so bad. right and the meal wound up being some sort of noodle, like rice noodle-y situation. And it was so sad. But again, I was so hungry at that point. I think, thought I was hungry. Thought I was hungry. Three bites in. Good night. See you. Yep. <laughs> See you never. See, I'm finally, finally catching on. This year, I'm a big nachos after the race person. So this year, yeah. I said to my husband, we're getting nachos. So we're walking home from the finish line. Multitasker that I am, I'm ordering the nachos and the on food we're going to have when we go back. 
a little bit of the nachos, made a pathetic dent in them. And I said to him, I said, you're going to leave those there. And he goes, what? I said, do not put these in the fridge. Yeah. (laughs) Because we're going to go to an after party. That was my other big thing that I never make it to any of the after parties. I'm tired. So I said, at 42 years old, I'm going to make it to the marathon after parties. And then I went to three. I was so proud of myself. And then I hobbled. Went to three after party, but you know what the best thing about it is, you know, we're all runners, so like, you know, the first one starts at six. Right. Like we all stayed up till midnight, <laughs> thought we were rock stars, and then when I got home at midnight, the nachos were sitting on the table, and oh, we finished those nachos. That's beautiful. They were cold and delicious. Cold uh, and delicious. I love yeah. that. A yeah, cold so nacho so you- is powerful. Yeah. I know it's, you know, this is really bad because I'm thinking about all the things we're talking about. I'm like, I do eat healthy foods. No, just, I mean, we, we just heard about your beautiful salad. I mean, I feel like we need to, like, these are things that runners need to know. <laughs> I eat a, I eat a lot of, I eat a lot of junk after, but you know, like the, the pre you eat all the healthy things, but then it's like, you did like Shalane Flanagan who just ran the six uh, marathons in six weeks. Oh, she t- I said, Shalane, what'd you have after New York? And she said, champagne and French fries. And I was like, yes, you did. Like, that is yes, a beautiful combination, by the way. There's mm-hmm. something about like a good cheese, like a Parmesan cheese fry situation with champagne. It's like, it, they, well, like a truffle like they, fry they, and yes. champagne. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where were the fries yeah. from? I'd love to know. Maybe she'll I tell us. Know. We'll have to ask. I'll find out. Okay. I'll find out. That's important because that makes all the difference. I mean, it do- it makes all the difference. All right. We got to go back and I have to let you go soon. But before mm-hmm. before I do that, we have to go back to your current work yeah, day you because we have not. My salad's ready. Oh, my God. Your salad's ready. Is right. I do have to let you go. <laughs> Let's go. We no, have priorities. Please. We have priorities here. Your salad's almost ready. The beauty of ready. not putting dressing on your salad is it never gets soggy. That is. You want to know what? I have to there rewrite that. Now I'm going to have to do a reprint. That's this all right. book. I'm going to have to do a reprint. Okay. Beauty of not putting this on because soggy is a bummer and no one needs that. Okay. This is what I want to know. So you get to, you get to work, you get to have your lunch. Are you getting in at like 10 o'clock? Is that, or nine o'clock? So or here's how? The, this is one of the other pandemic perks. Like it okay. used to be, and I love this flexibility. So I love this too. It used to yeah. be, we couldn't, everything we did, we had to do at work. So I had to be in to do our morning meeting and do all these things that like, Okay, so you just have to go, go, go at a certain time. Right. I now take my morning meeting, our morning meeting from home. We do it on a Zoom call because Beautiful. half of our staff is right. at home and some of them are here. So whereas I used to be in at, say, like, 9 o'clock, right. and I don't go on air until 3 o'clock now. Our show is from 3 to 5. We just okay. moved up an hour. Wow. Um, okay. Now I take the call at home, and depending on what time, you know, I have things here, like, I'll, I'll get into the office at, like, somewhere between 11 and 12, which is nice because I'm Beautiful. working in the morning. But totally. I, I like... You know, a lot of my I like job to do is, a I need lot to... of stuff at once. Right. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. And a lot of my job is like reading in, making sure I'm aware of the news of the day. I'm like, that is really nice to do at home with a cup of coffee yeah. to start the day. It's quiet in my apartment. You know, you come into work and part of being right. here is being social with people. And right. so I love that aspect of it. So I'm usually in the building 11 to like 5 p.m. Okay. thereabouts and then you know doing other work from home like that's the other thing i love i go home at night if i have a story to write yeah like, I, I just i don't mean it but my office isn't exactly inspirational i'm sitting here with fluorescent <laughs> lights like i you know maybe go home change into comfortable right. clothes put yes. on some music and like i'll write a story and i don't mind working till late in the evening right. but i'm doing it from home the dog's around like, it's, it's way nice, more so. comfortable no a hundred percent a hundred percent so now is there any kind of pregame snack? Like before three o'clock, are we, ha- is there any snack involved in this or you're ready? Cause like that salad no. held you. 
you know, I'm not, this is funny. I'm not, I'm not a big snacker, you know, on the weekends or the things like I like, uh, but no, I don't eat a lot of snacks. I am a, like, I'm super predictable. I'm coffee and water in the morning, that salad or whatever for lunch with water. Uh, I don't generally snack unless I have to go home and do an evening run before, um, before dinner. So like then I would have some kind of like a, you know, whatever, you, you know, I've got a lot, a big sh- drawer full of like, you know, Goodies. marathon shoes and snacks and right. one air kind of crap, you <laughs> know, that kind of You're thing. like, I'll have a good. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, take a packet <laughs> of this, eat one of these chop blocks, something like that. Right. But no, I'm not a big snack person. However, I can't even remember how this started, but my stage manager, Eve, she is just the coolest. Even I got on this kick. I actually think it was way back in the day. Yeah. The first impeachment trial uh, for <laughs> former President Trump. <laughs> Uh, I think this is where it started. Uh, We were swapping into a studio that Andrea Mitchell and Chuck Todd were leaving. And one of them left gummy bears on the set. And we were delighted by this and ate the gummy bears that were left on the set. And now we have this thing where whenever it's going to be a long day on set or on a Friday or a special thing, Eve will bring me gummy bears. And we were home for the pandemic. I got a care package full of gummy bears. So I would have them at my home studio. And it's funny. We're trying to be very good and only have them on Fridays because Eve is uh, conscious about uh, health and her weight. And so she's trying to stay healthy. And so we try not to eat too much junk. But like Friday, she brought me sour gummies and we only ate half the bag. My favorite. But we do gummy bears are our snack of choice on set. But other, I'm not a big, I'm not a big snack person. I'm a meal gal. I like a meal. She likes a, she likes a meatball and she likes a steak. People. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the gummy bears, though, because you get the instant energy from the gummy bears, and then you're using it. I mean, you it takes a lot of energy to be live for two hours. It is, it is nice to have like as long as I have some water and some gummy bears. But here's the thing, though, you gotta watch because the vending machine bags are very large <laughs> bags. There are many <laughs> servings in there. We had one day where I I hadn't eaten either. I didn't have lunch or I hadn't eaten enough or something was going on, and I ate a whole bag of like lifesaver gummies. And we looked, and I was like, I just ate a thousand calories. <laughs> And it was marathon training, so I wasn't upset about it. I had a run afterwards, but I was like, I did a thousand calories in sugar. Like, like I didn't gummies. even I didn't even mean it. I was just I was just standing they here. Somehow really, they just yeah. happened. Like <laughs> if it was chocolate, I would have stopped and been aware that that right, was a lot of chocolate. Just so I'm like, these have no fat, like let's just go. Hoarding. Hoarding. Let's get that energy. We're ready to go. <laughs> Yes. You're like running around the set. I like that image. All right. Okay. I'm going to like be in the in the name of actually letting you go at a reasonable time, even though I feel like I could talk to you for 100 years. Right I back probably at you. could talk to you. I mean, I will talk to you for 100 years. But in the spirit of getting you to your salad and us expediting that, let's go there. Tell us your dream day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, dessert, whatever it is, your dream day of meals. They can be anywhere in the world. It can be, even this can be just Allison in 2021. Allison doesn't have to be like the most perfect answer. It's just, what are you feeling? What, where would you choose? We, so this is so funny. We did this. We used to do these icebreakers like once a week. It's a icebreaker, but it's a hard question. Yeah. And they asked like your, and I gave mine and then I kept being like, oh, I forgot this. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, I forgot this. And they were like, Allison, nobody really cares. It was just an icebreaker. And I'm like, yeah, but this really, this no. is missing this and this. I know I would feel the same way. I mean, I, I honestly, I feel exactly that. I really, really feel you on that. It's a hard question. But I, that's tough. why I give the caveat of like, it can be a snapshot in time kind of thing. Because I feel yep. like, I feel like it can be just what you're feeling today. It could be just what you were feeling in 2019 before 
before we were kind of shut down and had things happen in our lives, you know, could be any of those things. So if I had to do, there would probably be some foods left out, but this would be a good day. It'd be a good day. Okay. Uh, I would totally get can up ask and for it. Pro- probably do, uh, like I- I'm an eggs Benedict kind of oh, gal. Yeah. So I would either do an eggs Benedict or like a spinach feta omelet from the diner by me. They make a really good one. I would do that. And if it's- What diner? Uh, What's that diner? I mean, I need to know uh, these things oh. now. <laughs> Uh, uh, Silver Star on uh, like 65th and 2nd is one of the best diners in Manhattan. Oh my God, could not agree more. Totally agree. I love that diner. And and honestly, they're one of the only ones left. We used to have some wonderful diners. I used to live over in Hell's Kitchen. We had one of the best diners ever uh, on 11th. They closed. It's now a luxury building. So like- I know that one too was a great diner. Yes. Yeah. We went for like the last meal the day they were closing. People went to mourn. So like, I'm a big fan of like support your local diner, especially in the city because they're all going right. 100%. I might do breakfast at Silver Star or like a, a, an Eggs Benedict situation somewhere with a lot of black coffee. For lunch, I would do the lobster BLT from Clam Bar out in Amagansett. If you haven't had it, you haven't lived. <laughs> it's, it's, she, that's like a mic drop in and of itself. She went there with the lobster BLT from Clam Bar in Amagansett. It's so good. Also, if you oh. only eat half of it, it's beautifully it fries up beautifully the next day you heat it up in a skillet like you would like a grilled cheese and put an egg on top it makes a great next day breakfast it's delicious i'm dead okay that's it's beautiful. really good and i would if if we're really going yeah. for it i would have champagne with that that would be a thousand make percent of course we're break. going for it yes roll up i would i would get the clam bar to go and take it to the beach with a bottle of champagne because that would be way. good and then for dinner it would probably have to be like a ribeye Cream yeah. spinach, maybe like a little pasta y something. Okay. Maybe I'm Carmine's not, sure. not really Carmine's, but maybe you're at the palm. Maybe you're just getting it at the palm so in East Hampton I'm on a, the way back. I'm a big fan of the palm that I have to get their half and half their potatoes. And they make a lobster gnocchi that's good. I like that kind of a situation. Yeah. But I'm totally that with kind of- you. I'm totally with you. I think it was the right choice to go hard on the shellfish on on this perfect day. I would also equally right. feel strongly about like lobster, Shellfish, oysters, clams. Yep. Yeah, I've had some spinach and feta in my maybe in my omelet or my my Benedict in the morning. You know, but and then you think about it, but I'm like, but I could go another way with this because like I'm a Long Island girl. I could do like a bagel, lox, and <sighs> cream cheese to start the day and be very happy. And then like some nice pizza and then you know it's little like schmear too- goes a long way. Little schmear goes right? a long way. Yes. Yeah, I, there are just too many, like, I like to eat. There's there too many good, I know, but I like that you brought us to an Eggs Benedict. I feel like we haven't had that one yet as an answer to this question on the show. And I feel like that's an, an important one. An Eggs Benedict, a brunch staple, a brunch classic, if you will. It's uh, like you go for brunch and everyone rolls their eyes. So like, well, why are we even looking at the menu? You know, everyone's going to get the Benedict, right? right? Like a poached egg <laughs> that I don't have to poach myself. That I don't have because, to poach. Like, yes. I got, this is one thing I got pretty good at over the pandemic. We all like eggs Benedict in my family. And so I got kind of got the poaching down, but like, it is stressful. We would have my parents over when we were kind of like quarantining and only seeing my mom and dad Yeah, and they would come over and I'd be trying to like make a perfect eggs Benedict for my mom, my dad, and my husband. And like the, 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 the sauce is really easy. Yeah. That's no problem. The hollandaise sauce, but the, the, like getting everyone's eggs so that everyone has a perfect runny egg at the same time 
is a lot. I honestly feel stressed just hearing that. I feel yeah. stressed for you. There's first of all, you're one second off. You're too late or you're too early. Like you're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> you're but you know the trick I learned though that's so helpful. I can't remember whom I learned it from, but when you poach your eggs, if instead of doing them in like a tall pot that's boiling, if you do it in like the you know kind of like the thicker pot. You might make like your spaghetti, yeah. like a sauce in or like put yes. like a chicken stew in, like, you know, not, not a real high one. Then you can get, because it's wider, you can get four or six eggs in at the same time, get them, get it to a nice rolling boil. They're covered. They're fine. And then putting the vinegar in the water really helps the, that's the, a little bit of vinegar, the whites critical. don't separate as much. It helps with the separation. And that's when you know you're done is when you start to see that separating happen in the, in the water and you're like, I'm done. And I just got started. So I know, upset. but it's so hard. You're like cracking the egg. <laughs> I, I try to do it in like a in like a measuring cup, and you're lowering the measuring cup into the water. That's why, like, please, can I go to brunch? Please, may I order it? And thank you to the chef who I, whom I know worked very hard to make that egg for me. Bless you know? that chef. He worked for very real. hard on that. Allison, this is such a treat. I can't wait to keep this conversation going when I see you in our soon-to-be location together with a cocktail in hand. I feel like that is yeah, so well, we much gotta get a, needed. A cocktail. I'm, I'm feeling like a martini with an olive in it because then we'll get our olives and I'll bring house chips from 9C here at NBC. Extra olives, you bring the chips. I'll bring the blue cheese olives. Next oh, level. my favorite. Next my level. Favorite. That's it. My favorite. Oh, yeah. I could, it is so good to see you. I love talking about food with you because like you're the, the nutritionist when we can like talk about real food and things people like to eat. I love that yes. you never, like all the years that I've talked to you, you've never like tried to push to like, eat this cracker that tastes like cardboard. It'll fill you right up. Oh my God. That makes me so sad. No, because we have to first of all eat to live. And also what is life without really good food? We have to celebrate it. We have to, we're like the French. We're the French. We are French. You are French. I'm not. Uh, Half, half, half. But I'll take, I'll I'll claim it. You'll take it. Exactly. Thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode of On the Side with Jackie London. If you enjoyed today's episode, please snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at Jacqueline London RD to let me know your favorite takeaway from any part of the episode. If you're loving the show, if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd love to listen to here, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can scroll down on your podcast app to where it says ratings and reviews and rate this one five stars, of course, and share your feedback. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and start feeling more empowered and living better one meal or snack at a time. Of course, be sure to follow On The Side wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you won't miss out on any episodes. And remember to check us out. Check out the Q&A deep dive on the On The Side YouTube channel. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Keep in mind that any advice provided on this podcast is based off of my clinical judgment and application of research and practice as a registered dietitian, and it should not take the place of medical advice from your own personal physician. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.